Okay, there we go. In unison. That's right. <laughs> that's that's how we roll. Hi everyone, we're already back. Yes, welcome back to Are You Karate Kidding Me? The podcast of recap and analysis for Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid movies and everything Miyagi-verse. Everything that has emanated from the Miyagi-verse. And again, we, we don't really plan on recording episodes every day, but... Um, we just dropped the podcast, and then we've come back from New York Comic Con, and we're recording this because we went to the big Cobra Kai panel, and we also wanted to talk about uh, Ralph Macchio and Billy Zopka's visit to the sci-fi couch over That's on right. the floor of Comic Con. Yes. So yeah. uh, we're striking while the iron is hot. Uh, <laughs> with we, no mercy. With no mercy. That's we're right. Striking we're striking first and we're, hard. We're striking first and hard. I mean, we're not necessarily a news podcast. We, we could be. I mean... If we happen to catch something, you know, fresh off the presses and we want to go live with it, we certainly will. We're here specifically to talk about the Cobra Kai panel and everything that went down at New York Comic Con. Yeah, and we have to admit that we we went in person to the first panel, the big one, with uh, Ralph Macchio, Billy Zabka, and the showrunners Hayden Schlossberg, John Hurwitz, and Josh Held. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we streamed the second short appearance that Ralph and Billy made on the sci-fi couch on the Comic Con floor because... Full disclosure, I was very sick during Comic-Con and was, was soldiering through. But, um, yeah, when we saw the horde that was sitting for every visitor to the sci-fi couch, we were not optimistic that we would get seats. So we went and camped out elsewhere. But um, suffice it to say, um, before we get into this, though... Spoiler alert. Yeah. Some of what we're going to talk about inevitably involves what happened in Cobra Kai... So if you haven't seen that show and don't like spoilers, stop this podcast, devote the next five hours to binge watching Cobra Kai, and then come back and talk to us. And I know that it might sound dumb for me to say this because you're here, obviously, because you know Cobra Kai is a thing, but we were in the Cobra Kai panel waiting for everyone to come out. They had left Karate Kid Cobra Kai headbands that you could wear that, you know, that inverted to either Miyagi-Do or Cobra Kai, and we were sitting there putting on our headbands. Yes, check our Twitter at uh, Karate Kid Pod. Oh, yeah. For uh, pictures of some of this stuff. Honestly, we were in the Cobra Kai panel, and there was a guy. And then behind us, and I tweeted about this, with a very thick New Jersey accent. Probably like a Gen Xer, just a little bit older than we are. Um, maybe in his like late 40s. Um, talking to another guy. And he's like, what? There's a new show? And the guy's like, yeah, man. It's really high quality. And he's like, what are you talking about? And so they go back and forth. And then he's like looking at the preview going, this looks amazing. So it's on the YouTube. So, you know, anyone can stumble across stuff that might spoil their enjoyment of the show. Before they came out, uh, they showed a clip of the Cobra Kai finale for season one. Yes. Big climactic final fight between uh, Miguel and Robbie. And they did. Miguel is of Cobra Kai, of course. And Robbie is now fighting for Miyagi-Do. That was the moment where... Daniel, they did the callback to Karate Kid, and the, the guy was like, Daniel LaRusso is going to coach? Daniel LaRusso is going to coach! I felt so bad for that New Jersey guy. I told him to avert his eyes, but he kind of looked at me in a snarky way. So, he's been spoiled now. He mm-hmm. knows almost everything. Cool to see that on the big screen. Well, yeah, and in a room full of rabid Cobra Kai fans, too. Well, yeah, and like... Sci-Fi said that, you know, they wrote a recap of the panel, and they said that the audience cheered Johnny and booed Daniel, and I I was in that audience, too, and I didn't, did you notice that? I didn't see that. I mean, it seemed like everyone was just really excited. Yeah, I didn't notice that either. I think people are definitely excited for Cobra Kai, just as a concept, because Johnny is, he's very charismatic, and I think that carries a lot of the show. Not to say that 
Ralph Macchio isn't charismatic, but we already knew that Ralph Macchio was charismatic. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the thing is that Cobra Kai is trendy. You know, they're they're underdogs. They're they're pitched as the underdogs, even mm-hmm. though they're about to become something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's part of it. But like, I noticed, yeah, there were people who were like I've decided to switch to Cobra Kai. But in terms of Ralph and Billy, I think they had equal enthusiasm from the crowd. John Hurwitz, Hayden Schlotzberg, and of course, Ralph and Billy came out. Yeah, Ralph and Billy came out first, and at that point, I kind of just like stopped tweeting and was just like, oh my god, wow. Yeah. That was really, really cool. How are they looking? They 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 have portraits of themselves that are highly aged in their basements, because Ralph and Billy mm-hmm. look like, you know, they've been on a macrobiotic diet getting photo facials for years. They look beautiful. I think Billy Zabka has a leading man quality that he really needs to exploit to its maximum effect now that he's back in the spotlight with Cobra Kai. Billy Zabka is is having a Brian Cranston moment. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway, on to the actual questions, the the meat of the panel. And what did it reveal? What did well, it not reveal? Well, let me just say, I wish I'd known who the moderator was. She was a very quick-witted woman. I think the thing about a Comic-Con panel or a Comic-Con appearance in general is, like, people are hungry for information on the new season. I don't think that's a secret. I think... But I think there is an expectation in, in, in a Comic-Con setting. Uh, people are hoping for as much new information as they can get about a new show. I think at the top of that list is a like uh, a preview of the first episode or you know the movie or whatever. Right. And then it kind of scales down from there. They were very tight-lipped about the show. I think a lot of people were expecting that you know hopefully someone would let something slip about the new season no everything you know? they said was strategic yeah they exactly. knew exactly they played it very close to the vest we d- i can make a list of what we didn't learn like we didn't get any sort of firm release date other than spring 2019 we didn't get any confirmations of any specific returning characters or new characters we got plenty of teases but we didn't get any of those specifics no i mean it more or less this was a bit more of the same in terms of the interviews that Machio and Zabka and the showrunners have given since doing the promo circuit when, when Cobra Kai dropped. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, now the audience can ask questions and we can be a little more explicit about what went down. Yes. You know, so they were asked again why they decided to do this, why now, um, you know, what they were invested in. And again, it's that they get to explore these shades of gray. You know, now is the time that all these spinoffs and reboots are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they can, they have all this time, right? They talk about how it's it's like a five-hour movie where they can do a lot more with fleshing out the complexity yeah. of the characters. Um, you know, so for example, with Johnny, like, you know, Billy Zabka said that his number one hope was that Johnny doesn't double down on the dickness. And so, you know, one of the showrunners know that he starts out as sort of a modern day Archie Bunker, but then is going to progress or become more and more complex beyond that. I think that's a great direction to go with with Johnny as a character uh, and the show in general. Daniel and, and Ralph Macchio have so many similarities. And I think the same clothing, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. that Ralph Macchio was wearing um, Daniel LaRusso's clothes or vice versa. Uh, Billy Zabka looked a lot more All Saints than Johnny Lawrence does, obviously, because Johnny Lawrence doesn't even know where All Saints is. It's, it's also true for Daniel because, as, as Ralph said, even at the sci-fi deal afterwards, Daniel LaRusso has had a really good life. The, maybe the best thing that has happened to Johnny Lawrence is the face, the, the crane kick to the face, and that's it. We get to look at how Daniel's life can also be adrift and he can also have challenges and be more complicated. Like yeah. sometimes Daniel LaRusso like 
Ralph Macho didn't say this, but sometimes Daniel LaRusso's a jerk, and sometimes he's, everything isn't what it's cracked up to be, even though he's a success on paper and has a wonderful family. I think that the first season gave us glimpses of that. It certainly established that about right. both those characters, right. and I think that the logical place that you want to go with any long-form series like this is to keep pressing those boundaries right. and seeing how far you can push those characters in those directions. And that's one thing that the showrunners were talking about, and I think this was during the, the moderator's questions. Like She asked, did you know when you were making this how long it would go? Like What was the vision that you had? Mm-hmm. And I believe they said that like they had they had an idea of what they were doing, mm-hmm. a general idea of kind of where they were going, at least with the end of season one. But now they have a map of, yeah, it sounds like several seasons. They, they said that they had some ideas from season one that they eventually couldn't cram in and they had to bump those to season two. So it'll be interesting to see oh, what yeah, those ideas that. were. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, she also asked them, oh yeah, like how they're having to prepare. And this is one of the things that we, we found out, which is no surprise. Like Ralph Macchio said, like he had an easy go of it preparation for season one because he was more of a mentor and also living his cushy Daniel LaRusso life. But now, now that Miyagi-Do is becoming a full-fledged dojo, like he's training a lot more because he's got more action, you know, with the implicit hint that maybe he and Zopka are going to get into it in the yeah. show. And, and Billy Zopka joked that he never quit training from the end of the Karate Kid till now right. because he's just been waiting for this moment to come the whole time. I kind of feel like that's a half <laughs> joke because he's still in great shape. He was doing some great stunt work in season one of Cobra Kai. And of course, he's done at least a handful of other like oh, sure. martial artsy movies in oh, between yeah. then and now. So. Yeah, like the show during the Q, the audience Q&A, the show, we'll get to this. I want to say a little more about the audience Q&A on its own. But like <laughs> the showrunners were asked, like, will you ever do a fight sequence with one camera, you know, with a, with that's like a, a throwback to like when Avildsen shot the karate kid scenes with just one camera for like long extended sequences. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, it really just depends on what the scene requires and what the actors can do. And, um, you know, and for example, then holding Zabka up as like the archetypal best, best martial arts actor who, you know, who doesn't do martial arts professionally. He was like, yeah, like we were shooting the first fight that Johnny has outside the mini mart against the bullies defending Miguel in his car. Um, you know, we had the stunt guy come in and then we had Billy come in and Billy kicked higher than the stunt guy. So we're like, well, I guess we'll be okay with him then. Um, and one other thing to add is that when they were talking about, you know, Zabka doing stunts and the ability to shoot in one scene, um, mm-hmm. Zabka made sure to make a shout out to Hirokota, who was the, the stunt coordinator, oh, right. who was nominated for an Emmy. And like of all the people that were in that room, all the famous people, because, you know, Ralph and Billy, they're going to go off. They're busy and, and the showrunners don't stick around to sign autographs. But like, I would love to have talked to Hirokota about his stunt coordination, but he oh, wasn't for there. Sure. Like we were all going to give him a big round of applause and he wasn't in the room anymore. Anyway, the moderator also asked them about my favorite scene and I guess everyone else's, which is the yes. much loved REO speedwagon sing along that Daniel and Johnny have in episode nine. I don't The audience tried to get them to sing and they wouldn't, mm-hmm. but they said that they rehearsed it a ton because they wanted to get it right and that they rehearsed it on the phone. So now I'm really hoping for some split screen feedback yes. of Zabka and Macho singing to each other. And and the showrunner said that they did that to show that, that the line between hate and love is a thin line or that the intense feelings aren't, aren't necessarily 
um, one thing or the other, and that they can go. I, I mean, this yeah. is but kind of they can go either way. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about the comedy drama balance of the show. It's no secret that the producers uh, come from big budget comedy movies, and so I think before season one of Cobra Kai dropped, I think there was some questions as to, well, just how how funny or how serious are we supposed to take season one? I think they really knocked it out of the park by keeping it fairly dramatic, but being able to punctuate it with these great scenes of comedy throughout the season, which we will get to when we do our own recaps of Cobra Kai. For them, and, and I've heard them say this before, that the most the most striking moment was when Zabka and Machio shot their first confrontation in the new dojo in the oh, new right. Cobra Kai dojo. And that like, I think that was Machio's first scene that he shot at all. Ralph said he got like, got like emotional. He got like tingles when they, when he set foot in there. Did he? Yeah. That was the moment at which like the showrunners were like, yeah, we knew this would be cool, but like that was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then, so they, they also gave us some footage and I was like, oh my God, they're giving us a scene from the new season. But, they didn't. They just gave us a video, which was very cool, mm -hmm. of the new Miyagi-Do set. The set was introduced by, like, Tanner Buchanan and Mary Mauser, who are going to be the Miyagi-Do peoples, and then Jola Marduena and Jacob Bertrand, who are... Um, so Tanner Buchanan is Robbie, Johnny's son, who trains with Daniel. Mm -hmm. Mary Mauser is, of course, Samantha LaRusso. Jolo is once angelic, now evil Miguel. And Jacob Bertrand is Eli, who is Hawk. And so those yeah. two crashed midway through. Uh, you could kind of tell that they've been shooting a little bit because they're already a little bit in character when they were doing the video. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, they, they totally, like, have, have learned from Machio and Zabka how to, how to heighten this, this fake rivalry and how to, like, dig into it and enjoy it. Um, yeah. In terms of the tour itself, it was great. Like, it looks a lot bigger than the original Miyagi, like Mr. Miyagi's house originally was. They said it wasn't fully dressed in the oh, video, yeah. so it's possible that the addition of some uh, some strategic uh, Easter egg props. Oh, they might, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, they might have cleared out the props because some of them might have been Easter eggs or clues to season two. That's true. That's true. And like they came in a, a, through a door that, that kind of, if you're, if you're a, a Karate Kid obsessive, um, in terms of Mr. Miyagi's house, like they came in from a side, which would be on the side of, I think the room that Mr. Miyagi built for Daniel and karate kids two and three. Mm -hmm. And so that's like on the, if you're facing Mr. Miyagi's house, it's on the right side of the house. Like in the karate kid, they usually come along the left side, but this is on the right side. And, um, and it looks like a giant room. And then, I mean, the thing that really looks the most like Mr. Miyagi's house is the garden, which, you know, I didn't have time for a, as like, close close read but it looks like a one-to-one -one transfer yeah when the video ended they talked about it a little bit and they did they shot their first day there on friday so that was like i guess october 5th mm -hmm. and we saw them on the on the 7th and machio said you know it was like he got choked up because he was thinking like about pat marita and all the things that their partnership had meant and you know that if pat marita could be here to see this and yeah that was really sweet they moved on to the q a and that session really kind of uh ran the gamut of uh of different uh ages uh genders everybody kind of asking questions uh a lot of uh a lot of people from the tri-state area a lot of people connecting with ralph very nice <laughs> that's right that's right although although um william zabka is was also born on long island 
That's true. Or as they would say, Long Island. But yeah. Yes. But no, lots of people folks in the tri-state area. Um, and and there were they were all good questions. I mean, there were a couple of people who were like, oh my God, can I please work on your show? Um, which we all identify with. But all the questions were excited, um, accessible to other people in the audience. Um, there, there were quite a few questions about the show, like, you know, how does the San Fernando Valley influence the story? How has their approach to the bullying been challenged? Yes. Because of the way times have changed. Mm-hmm. I, I tweeted about that. Like they, they said that um, for them it was important to note that it's more underground now. Yeah. And so, and they also use Johnny to comment on how it's different, which makes it more explicit. One person asked if the kid actors were going to be in the new focus of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, like if, if Ralph and Billy were now going to take a backseat to the next generation and, and, um, they said, no, you know, they're going to preserve the balance there. And they, and they hinted again at new kid actors that they're bringing in. Yes. And I, I know this might've been the point where they were go- getting into talking about the dynamic with the kids and mm-hmm. how, and how extremely involved and excited they are. And like, yeah, like Ralph Macchio said that the kids will get together and watch the movies and talk about them. And then they'll text Ralph and Billy and be like, that was an illegal kick. Right. Yeah. Actually, that was that was Billy Zopka saying that because then Ralph was like, I've been waiting for Billy to mention the illegal kick. Uh, there were some questions about uh, about Daniel's son, Anthony, played by uh, uh, Griffin uh, Santo Pietro. Why is he such a dick? And... No, no, no. no the, the, the questioner said he's such an asshole. Well, yes, yeah, that was the that was actually yeah, which was hilarious, and and then and then the showrunners were like, well, we're comedy writers, so yeah. we have a lot of fun writing assholes, yeah, yeah. But the implication was is like that's not gonna change much for season two. Anybody hoping for like a big arc for Anthony uh, for Anthony may not. Uh, I mean, I mean, they might do some things to tweak his character. We'll see, but. Uh, but yeah, I don't think he's going to be doing any training anytime soon. They seem to be interested in using him, um, for two ways, you know, one, one to, as a prism onto the vicissitudes of Daniel's successful life. Yes. And then the other way, like, it's not always what it seems to be, or you can have this great life and still have a kid that you don't fully get. But then the other thing is that he's this, you know, 11 year old wise ass who tends to give it a reality check. Kind of like Courtney Hangler's Amanda LaRusso, Daniel's wife, who always calls out ridiculousness on the show and gives it a stronger reality effect. That's the same. That's the same way that they like to use Anthony. Um, and they they talked a lot, you know, throughout. And I don't want to forget this about how they've, you know, they've both done a lot of projects, but this one really feels special, and that it feels the same way as it did when they were making it. They're genuinely like, like you know, one person asked them like. In this age of crappy remakes, why is Cobra Kai working? And the showrunners were like, we don't know. You know, we don't know. But by and large, the whole team seems, uh, you know, across every Q&A, including this one, to be just so excited. Yeah, a lot of people wanted to know if if people like Terry Silver and Mike Barnes, the villains from Karate Kid 3, including yes. the New Jersey guy behind me who hadn't seen the show yet was already right. asking they they said the same thing that they've basically been saying uh for the last few months every time they get that question which is everything is on the table they feel like everything is on ta- on the table and available to them uh so we shouldn't rule out an appearance by any character yeah uh so yeah that's very exciting they also mentioned um the use of more footage and more footage from later Karate Kid movies, which possibly oh my coming god, into play. yeah, that yeah. was interesting. 
Yeah, I want all the Pat Morita footage I can get. Cobra Kai season one uses quite a bit of footage, both uh, original and then some of the additional footage that they had from the Sony archives in season one. I'm wondering, like, are they going to, are we continuing to dip into that unseen footage or are we going to start like, is there unseen footage from two and three? Well, yeah. Oh, like, there has to be. Yeah. So if, if that's all available to them, they could really, we could really have some pl- fun playing with that. I think that's very exciting. You know, one other thing that was really cool is that there, that both, both Machio and Zabka got questions about, you know, their other work that they've done. Um, you know, in 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 Ralph's case, someone mentioned The Outsiders. I think someone asked for what was the name of that movie that the Zabka and Co. Oh, did a lot that... of stuff got name checked. So what, uh, what, the Shoot Fighter, yes, yeah, Shoot Fighter, one. which I think yeah. there was more than one. Was it a trilogy or do all... I don't know? We're gonna find out. There's cause... a couple of Shoot Fighter movies. Uh, one is available for streaming. I've already checked, so it may be a special episode. We'll <laughs> see. Yeah, I mean, you know. No stone unturned. Anyway, <laughs> but also people ask them about, you know, either ask them or mention like Zabka directed that music video for No More Kings called Sweep the Leg. Yep. Yep. There was mention of Sweep the Leg. There was mention of Wax On Fuck Off. Yeah, which was Ralph Macchio's short for Funny or Die that he made, I guess, because the new Karate Kid movie with Jackie Chan was dropping. He said he was pitching some stuff around. None of it was getting picked up at the time and he was getting increasingly frustrated. And then the... The Jackie Chan Karate Kid movie was <laughs> imminent, and he was like, the joke of the the video, without giving too much away, is that uh, is that in order to be famous, you really have to be a world class asshole. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to be you have to be basically. It's kind of like the premise of the 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 musical and then the movie Chicago. Like you have to be kind of a reprobate or have salacious news about you, right? Yeah, so that so that your buzz gets you hired. Um, but yeah, so that was cool to hear that he'd come up with that and that Funny or Die was like, oh yes, absolutely. Um, and if you haven't seen these things, especially Wax on Fuck Off is my favorite, but you know. Although it did lead to a, uh, pretty adorable, uh, fist bump. Oh, cause uh, they're banter. Yeah. 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 Like, like some, one of the, some person during the Q and A, he had a good question. I can't remember what it was. And then he also said that he makes like specialty socks. Yeah. And he, he delivered some what cobra kai themed special so- some, specialty socks some, some miyagi verse themed socks yeah and 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 machio said that that the guy should give his to billy because billy does his laundry so i guess that's it from that panel i mean i, I have to say it was really fun i haven't been to a lot of cons i've been to a few but that was i think the best in terms of of audience feedback yeah that i've seen at such an event super enthused audience like we all had our our swag tight you know our our, our miyagi-do cobra kai headpans tied, tied around our heads um yeah i think there were people who didn't get in like we were in line really early because it was our entire goal oh sure that's the nature of cons oh though. yeah like you have to line up early if you want in the panel you want but yeah i mean like it was it was a major event Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, they packed the hall. They did. Absolutely. They I did. Mean, it's yeah. It's it's New York Comic Con. It's one. It, it's one of the biggest. It, uh, probably San Diego is the only one that's bigger. So. Oh yeah. No, for sure. But um, no, it was great and far too short. Yeah. What question would you have asked if you'd been able to get up in line? I would ask if they were going to go back to uh, Los Angeles or Reseda to do any more on-location stuff, because uh, they did do a couple things in season yeah, one. So, yeah, yeah, I think that would be some interesting uh, information to kind of mine out of that. 
I think my question would revolve more around um, like where the line is in the writing of Johnny. Because, mm. you know, he's he's a jerk. He says, you know, politically incorrect things, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, they, ha- they have him do it in such a way that I'm not offended, even though a lot of the times when someone is, is an Archie Bunker type, I'm like, turn it off. So I'm curious what their philosophy is in writing Johnny and bringing him up to that line. I don't know a way to phrase it, but I think that's what I would have asked. Oh, I think that's a, yeah, no, I think that's, a perfectly insightful thing because you're right it's like um they write johnny in such a way that he says things that in the hands of another character might be super offensive and well what i'm saying is it's not in his nature and it it's in his nurture that he has those opinions and has those ideas accurate there was a little bonus. Uh, they did make their way to the sci-fi stage for another short interview about an hour or so later. Uh, they were only there for, what, yeah, like 10 minutes? Yeah. That video is online if you want to review it, but I, I thought we'd just quickly go over the points uh, of that one. Uh, some of the questions kind of tread over material that was covered in the panel, such as, like, you know... Uh, why here? Why now? Yeah. I mean, they talked about, you know, the, the ability to add complexity to the characters, the timeliness of the remake. But the other thing is that um, this was one of my favorite moments of the whole you know, watching Cobra Kai at Comic-Con, mm-hmm. they talked about that their trust in the writers and how protective they are of their characters and how much of a share that they have in the creative process, which was a question yeah. that I would have asked if I hadn't been furiously typing. The showrunners have final say. Macho and Zabka trust them because they can tell that their vision goes beyond the, you know, get, it enables them to see where the characters should go beyond Machio and Zabka's protectiveness. From the way they answer that question, it's like as far as plot stuff and, you know, exactly the wins and hows of where all the characters go from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, that's largely in the hands of the writing staff, which makes sense. And, you know, if if they feel like there's something that's going to be wildly out of character, they're definitely going to step up and, and protect that. And you see on, on on social media, like whenever they're meeting up to shoot, like the the five of them, the three showrunners and Zobkin Macho hang out. So yeah. like clearly they're discussing where the show's going. Right. But it's it's really neat to see not only that they trust the showrunners, but the three showrunners. I mean, that's a rarity to have like not just like three writers, but like three showrunners as opposed to like one or two mm-hmm. able to maintain that clarity of vision together. Anyway, um, yeah, there were only a few more questions like, you know, asking what would Pat, how would Pat Morita figure into the story if he were here? And I think that's a hard question to answer and, you know, sweetly meant, but like hard to answer. And again, he's a big part of Daniel's life. So he would have been involved in that way. And that's why we have him in the show as best we can. And Billy was like, his essence lives on in the show. You know, of course, because they were doing this on the floor of Comic-Con surrounded by Comic-Con specific questions, such as like, what are you into collecting? And, uh, Machio joked trophies. Right. (laughs) Uh, but Billy Zabka's like doing Legos with his kids. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. He's taking Legos home to his family and like, yeah, he, he listed off all the different kinds of Legos. Mm-hmm. So now well, there were some good Lego booths on the floor. There so. were some fantastic Le- Lego booths on the floor. Like every possible Funko bobblehead you could want. Yeah, exactly. And then what did you see? A place to get molded plastic for your uniforms? 
Yes, uh, there was a whole cosplay industrial complex <laughs> uh, fully uh, it represented at, at Comic-Con. Uh, I also saw a booth for custom minifigs uh, for custom Lego pieces. So so basically, yeah, I'm already yeah. getting some ideas. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I want a Martin Cove minifig. Oh, my goodness. I know. You should probably get that... Uh, uh, the what is it? The Lego idea uh, submissions. Yes, I want one yes. that's it's Martin Cove, like in his young in his young phase. Like, do you have a problem with that, Mister Lawrence? And then I want congratulations. Yes, um, Martin Cove in his now's the time in his Satan like jacket with you know with a cigar like old scratch. Yeah. I, yes. Anyway, oh. moving on. So <laughs> they did this wonderful again. It's Comic Con. They rolled a gaming die for questions. Right. And some of them, they just were like, no. Yeah, I think they may have been having tech problems, too, because near the end, they were having a lot of trouble hearing each other over the floor. It was a loud room. It was a super loud room. It was room. packed. You can't tell from the video, but it was. That's why we were lurking elsewhere once we saw what the stakes were. Um, yeah, so what if you were bitten by a radioactive animal, what would you be? Uh, Billy nailed it. He said a cobra. Of course. As a crime fighter, would you banter with criminals or hit them? And and Machio said, uh, he, you know, he's a banter person, but a Cobra Kai person would punch first and talk later. Capes, uh, Zabka said capes are an absolute necessity. And Machio said, if you're not flying, why? A little bit of a surprising uh, answer from uh, from Billy there. I, I feel like they were kind of on brand with the other questions. Yeah. Um, but that's a little bit of a, yeah. That's the moment when his Captain America side sort of began showing. I don't, I, I had a feeling that Billy was way more into to Flair than Johnny. I think that's definitely a difference between yeah. the actor and the character. Well, I mean, he said, you know, you need those capes to let people know you're coming. Mm-hmm. And again, they said, you know, what do you expect from season two? And they gave a very, like, obviously prearranged answer in tandem with what they'd already talk to us about like yeah. new characters new set piece like mr miyagi's house um and of course all the old cars will be there it was kind of a sideways mention that there were going to be some improvements to the cobra kai dojo apparently or maybe oh, they, they might be upgrading that set too that'll be interesting to see because uh, i mean after the big tournament win the idea is cobra kai is back on top maybe johnny moves to better real estate maybe crease like and oh that's and true maybe crease first franchising well maybe he's still got those terry silver connections <laughs> i know that's what i'm saying yeah I, in my well i have my own predictions for where this show is going and mm-hmm. we'll have to talk about those a little closer to cobra kai season two but it was a real delight going to comic-con i would do again yeah um would do would do for cobra kai would do for star wars um, would do for a couple of other things if the opportunity arose, but um, yeah, not for the faint of heart. And I think I would definitely become a character from Cobra Kai if I were going to go back. Oh, you do some cosplay, huh? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not really. I don't know if I have the commitment to be Hawk. True. Yeah. Uh, that would require at least a hairpiece in addition to a gi. But I think. Uh, that's an easy cosplay is my uh, is no. the short answer. Would definitely do again. Would do in cosplay. Absolutely. Yes. So on uh, the next episode, I think we will go ahead and start picking up on Cobra Kai Season 1, Episode 1. Yeah, we're going in order of enthusiasm and attention. And so right now we're going to delve into Cobra Kai for a little bit and then go back to finishing the Karate Kid movies. And until then, we'll see you later. Yeah, we'll see you around the Miyagi-verse.
This podcast has been produced and hosted by Colin Kennedy and Jenny Carlson. You can find us online at areyoukaratekiddingme.com and wherever you download podcasts.